0: Hi, I'm George A. Milton, America's Failure Coach. Welcome to the Failure Is Not The Problem podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that failure is a problem for most people. Why is that? In a single word, conditioning. Conditioning is simply training. You have been taught that failure has to be negative. I am here as your personal coach to help you relearn how to accept your failures and turn those experiences into positive mindset, change, and success. Look. Motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good. But that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life. And that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people make a difference. What keeps us going what produces results in our lives is balance, not success alone. You have to develop a healthy balance between success and failure. It does not have to be one or the other. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you will finally live a whole life. You'll be much happier. I will help you recondition your mindset by exchanging ideas and strategies to guide you in making transformation so that you can thrive. most of all, I'm going to give you something every single episode which you can utilize to create change in your life. Failure is about learning how to embrace your challenges and taking 100% responsibility for your life. Do you struggle with failure? or Do you get sad or, or worse? Do you get depressed when you fail? Do you want to elevate your perspective with failure so you can change your mindset to accept failure as positive experiences rather than negative expectations? When you fail, it's not the end, but the ultimate beginning. At my company, failure is not the problem. Our philosophy is this. Failure fuels innovation, resilience, and growth. Learn how to embrace your setbacks as stepping stones to success. Learn, adapt, and triumph with the wisdom of failure by your side. Join us in rewriting the story of success where a failure is the launch pad for greatness. How can we make failure okay to talk about while making it fun and failure-tastic? Well, there's a couple of ways. One is that you need to laugh and learn when you fail. Don't always take your failures so seriously. Allow your failures to educate you on your next step of the journey. Most of us know what fun is, but what is a failure-tastic moment? You know, I created that word and had it trademarked. A failure-tastic moment is when you have tried to accomplish a goal or become successful while pursuing an endeavor, but you faced failure after failure after failure, like when I was trying to become an Army officer. I mean, man, it took me literally several years from becoming a private, going through the NCO ranks, and then ultimately becoming an officer. But you know what? Throughout those battles and those struggles, I never quit. And because I did not quit, I did not give up, I was able to accomplish that goal and more because of the lessons I learned along the way. Now, accomplishing such a goal, many would say, man, that's fantastic. No, that's what I call a failure-tastic moment. Well, guys, guess what? Today we have a feminine embodiment coach, leading energy healer, a certified kundalini. She'll have to pronounce that word. That's a big $4 word for me, but we'll get her to talk about that here in a moment. She has a certification in kundalini dance. She's also an author. You know what? She is what we refer to as the ultimate magnetic goddess. Gabriella Chang really understands her clients, and she provides intuitive and applicability and insight to individual situations. If you want to change your viewpoint about relationships between men and women and learn how to be empowered while also inspiring others, Gabriella is an excellent guide. Additionally, she is a gifted healer in meditation and alternative techniques for Integrating your mind and body golly. What an amazing background. Hello Gabriella. How are you doing today?
1: Hello, George. I'm excited to be here. I'm doing amazing and just enjoying the Christmas winds. It just feels amazing.
0: I tell you what I'm so excited to be uh, able to talk to you today, Gabriella. Uh, the, the work that you are doing is just absolutely amazing man, especially You and I both know that uh, not only during the holiday season, it's one of those times in which people are in those situations where they're feeling really lonely, and especially those of us who are single and trying to figure out how to you know, get through this season and, and how that sort of thing works. So I'm really interested in talking to you today and you giving us all these high pointers on how we can utilize, you know, some of this downtime and some of the challenges that we have regarding relationships or whatever you want to talk about to move to the next step. But before we begin, can you just tell the, the audience a little bit about you and how you're, you know, impacting the world and changing the planet?
1: Yes, thank you for that amazing introduction, George. I'm so happy to be here. And of course, you know, the holidays can be a reason to feel sad, to feel lonely and to get drunk in our own delusions, uh, you know, and all of our uh desperation and all the things that just didn't happen as we are concluding and closing on this whole year you know and yeah i I was there at some point in my life you know i was feeling lonely completely alone without support system my family lives in a different country and i'm all here alone in the u.s so it's difficult you know to spend the holidays all by yourself or even other holidays you know like valentine's we want to be in celebration even for people who don't really celebrate valentine's or don't really care about valentine's we still want a little bit of that Celebration of that sharing moment with that someone special who fills our hearts, you know. But some of the things that we can do during this downtime is actually feel the loneliness and actually embrace it. Many times we're running away from the loneliness, running away from sadness that we just. Add more sadness to our lives. We feel lonelier instead of embracing what we have. Yes, I'm lonely. Yes, I don't have anyone to celebrate, but you know what? I have me. What can I do for me? How can I take care of myself? How can I set some goals and look for the future or next year? What can I accomplish in the next year that maybe I didn't get to accomplish this year? And how can I just fulfill myself? How can I stop running away? from myself. And that's why I'm a feminine embodiment coach, mostly because I work with women. I work with men. And for men, you will call it a masculine embodiment coach. We have to do the embodiment. We have to practice being in our feelings, you know, operating from the right hemisphere of our brains instead of always being so left and always trying to accomplish something, always looking for what to do next. And so it's very important that we take time to slow down during this holiday season and just enjoy being with ourselves.
0: Wow. You know what? I identify with everything you just said. And when you were talking about, you know, running away or embracing, it really parallels exactly how people respond oftentimes to failure, right? You said we needed to embrace the loneliness. Embrace what we are. Embrace the experience we're actually having. That's exactly how I look at failure. I do now, but those years ago when I didn't look at it that way, I did just the opposite of what you said to do. I ran away from the failure instead of embracing the failure. But I would concur that we should embrace not only the loneliness or the experiences that we're having to get in touch with our inner beings, but we should also embrace the failures because when I learned how to embrace my failures. I was able to learn so much more. I was a lot less depressed because I used failure as the opportunity to get better, to get stronger, to get wiser, to change directions in life, as opposed to how I had actually experienced it as I was growing up. I was taught, do not accept failure. Do not even entertain that." In fact, most folks said failure is not an option. Only winning is. That's crazy, right? Because we all know that failure is a part of construct.
1: And with that perspective, George, is that really failure?
0: No, it's not. It's not. My greatest successes have come from the lessons I've learned from failure.
1: Exactly. It's like failure makes us slow down, take a moment to breathe in, to have a look or a bird's view of what's going on in our lives. And what can I do different? I'm sick of feeling sick. What is my medicine? What am I doing wrong that I am just being oblivious of? Maybe something I can do better.
0: (laughs) Man, I like that question, right? And look, I think, you know, you and I are pretty high energy people, but I think that um, uh, I'm pretty sure about this. And I'm not, you know, talking to you about this at all, but I am certain that not only have I learned From failures, but you have as well. So, can you share a specific instance where you faced a significant setback or failure, and how you initially reacted to it?
1: Yes, of course. There are multiple instances, you know. But one of the instances that come to mind, since we're approaching the holidays, and I'm a dating and relationships coach, is when I was going through divorce. Divorce can be devastating to anyone. Either you know, maybe you're the one who's calling it off, or you're the one who's being dumped. You know, so no matter what you're in you are going to be affected, so I remember me calling off my marriage and saying, "This is it. there is no more desire to be with this person. there is no nothing else that we can build together so for years, I felt like I was not enough for years. I felt like a failure that my marriage didn't go through that my marriage I couldn't make it work that there was nothing I could do to make that work. so I failed as a woman as a person, as a human being, what did I do wrong? And unfortunately, many of the messages we're getting right now is to don't let anybody take advantage of you. Don't let anybody talk to you in any way, you know? So I feel that we are also closing the doors to opportunity of growth. We are meeting people in just five minutes or go on a date and we immediately close the door on that person. And maybe if you had given that a chance to the person, you know, maybe that person wasn't nervous and they just needed a little bit more time to relax into showing you who they are. So I feel that there is a lot of uh, new things that we need to learn to embrace the new changes that we have to go through.
0: First of all, let me say thank you for being vulnerable enough to even mention such a personal experience in your life. I am certain that that just that one sentence alone from the standpoint of you sharing that is going to help so, so many people. Look, I've been through that myself. So I understand personally, in a very personal way, how little one feels when a relationship that you had planned on, you know, being in for the rest of your life doesn't go the way in which you want and it, it ends. But, you know, when we have those kinds of experiences, I mean, it's not the end. It's, sometimes it's the beginning if we respond to it in the right sorts of ways, right? So I have this uh, this formula the formula is simply f plus r r equals s that's f plus r r equals s that's failure plus right response equals success so it's not really the failure but how we respond to those failures and sure that was a lot of heartache let me tell you man it was tough really really difficult to actually have had to go through those advantages, but it was a part of life i mean it, it actually happened i you know got beyond that and uh, you know and that was uh, you know a few years back but doing really really great now and that sort of thing. But during that time, I felt like the worst person on the planet. I felt like, you know, my life was over. I felt like there was no way that someone was going to be interested in me at all, especially with that big letter D all over your chest. You know, I, I remember times, <laughs> you know, talking to folks, specifically Gabriel in the church, man, because I mean, I grew up in the church and that sort of thing. So that was really important. And it was one of those times when I went back to the church because I was really hurting and I was really needing it. And Man, you know, doors slammed in your face when they found out that that you had got that I had gone through those kinds of situations. So it changed me in a in a lot of ways from the standpoint of trying to understand why why that was. And I learned a lot of lessons from it, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, you know what? Sometimes we are in a phase where we are carrying a lot of weight. And if we don't have the right support system, or sometimes we do have the support system, but we are so ashamed of that phase. We're so ashamed of people seeing us being vulnerable because we don't want people to see us being weak you know and there are many moments in my life where I felt weak my weakest you know and especially being in a toxic relationship after getting divorced that was my lowest point feeling extremely weak like I had no willpower I had no say no opinion I couldn't think for myself I was just full of nervousness and anxiety and fears all of the time, you know, a fear of abandonment was taking over my body and I was unable to sleep for an entire year, you know, and sometimes we just don't want people to see us in that phase. So we don't rely on anybody, you know, we just isolate ourselves more and more. And that is running away more and more from our loneliness, right? That is denying a human aspect and a human experience that we all have you know so sometimes unfortunately people have their own baggage their own things that they're dealing with you know and sometimes they say oh, I don't want negative people around me but you're just carrying this baggage and some people I know me in my case you know I was asking my circle of friends for help you know because I felt like I was drowning from so much pain I couldn't I didn't know what to do I didn't know how to Look at the bright side and I am a positive person, you know, but so much pain was coming through that I needed to heal that I was just looking desperately for help and many people felt repelled for that, you know, for whatever energy I was putting out. Some people felt like I was being negative or I was being inconsiderate or or things like that. You know, so I did my best to function in society, to be able to show up to work every single day and still put food in my table, you know? So the pressure is tremendous, you know, when you're going through a difficult time. So If anybody's feeling lonely, build your support system. You know, if a support system is not working here, maybe you just haven't found the right support system, you know, maybe find your tribe, a group of people who who have gone through similar things and they are able now to give you the support and to give you the energy that you're lacking right now. And then once you make it through, you're going to be able to experience a completely different life and you'll be able to grow from the ashes.
0: Oh, I love that. That is so beautiful, man. And and here's the thought that came to mind, right? Especially from the support system, it is so incredibly important for those uh, who are strong when they uh, come up on someone who is having some challenges or or feeling weak that we support those folks because I mean we all need support. And oftentimes instead of supporting, we, as you stated, we we run away. So remember, whether you it's a failed relationship, whether it's a failed business, whether it's a it doesn't matter. A failed exam, I know that sounds minor, but that's major for some folks. So it doesn't matter what the failure is or what the challenge is. Man, it is so incredibly important to be supportive. You know, I always, um I had a I had a guy uh, that uh, I love like a brother, to be quite honest. And uh, he was trying to figure out how to help me to, to gain some support, you know, from a relationship standpoint. And he, he knows me pretty well. And he says, look, here's what you need. He says, the next time you go and you find somebody that you're really interested in, make sure that that person is kind. Right? So it is incredibly important for us to not only be kind, but to seek out those persons who are kind. Uh, you know, you, you're absolutely right. We, we, I tend to be a very, very positive person. And I remember when uh, when this breakup happened, you know, I shipped out and went to Europe and was there and had my kids there. And the, the mom wanted them back, so we brought them back. And for that entire year, I'm telling you, entire year, all I did for that whole year, and, and I've not told anyone this, right? I'm at a major I'm a military command, a lot of energy running a section i would function throughout the day on my job because the energy that was there but as soon as i got off i went home and i was out and the entire year at weekends didn't go anywhere didn't do anything I, i shut myself off from the world because i couldn't find the support that i needed because the failure made me feel like i had no value no worth whatsoever
1: Yeah, I've been there, you know. And sometimes people ask how those support look like, you know. And I ask my friends and family and even my boyfriend, you know, how can I support you? And sometimes all we need to do is listen and hold space, you know. That is a new skill that we are developing in our society, actually. So I'm happy to see that, which is hold space for him, for her, for a child, you know, let them express their feelings, let them process it. Because when we're able to express without people telling us what to do, without people giving us advice or lecturing us or judging us and criticizing us, then we are able to process the darkness within ourselves and let it go. But many times we, we go to people for support and we just want to express ourselves. And sometimes they're just Loading us with what well, this is what you need to do. Stop crying. Get your ass to do this or that. You know, get uh, 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 do X, Y, and Z. Stop being so negative. And it's like you need to embrace the negativity, right? So that is one of the biggest things I teach in my institute. You need to embrace your own darkness, and you need to allow others to embrace that darkness because it is beautiful. At the same time, a lot of people want to just be positive. And there is something I call toxic positivity. When you go to the light and to that extreme of being positive, that you completely negate a part of you, a natural part of you. And that is the feminine side that we are denying or or that we have been denying for centuries. And, you know, that's why we have a patriarchal world, and that's why we have a hyper-masculine society, because we deny the feminine. We deny art and expression and feelings, and we keep pushing to think and to accomplish and achieve more, you know? So a lot of people need to break down to really find that space within, to really find their hearts.
0: You know what, man? I love that. This is fantastic. Here's something that I've just not heard before, right? But you said something that uh, that jogged a thought. And you said two words, hold space. Man, I like that. I like that a lot, especially you know when, when it comes uh, to failure, right? And whether it's our failure or someone else's failures, I think it is incredibly important to remember to, if it's you, hold space. If it's us trying to support someone, hold space. Here's what else came to mind is when it comes to trying to pretend to be positive all the time and to be successful when we're not, you know... I've often heard this terminology and I used to, you know, say this all the time, but once I got to digging around in the failure thing and realized that failure was really okay, it's very positive. I didn't I no longer had to say this. And you've heard it before. I'm sure. The phrase is simply this fake it till you can make it. Man, that's one of the worst statements ever. And and then people wonder, you know, why they feel like an imposter, right? I mean, come on, man, it's, you know, this fake it till you can make it thing that, that doesn't really allow for us to be the person that we are. And it certainly won't get us from where we are to where we're supposed to be because we're not being our authentic self. So we definitely need to move away from this fake it till you can make it situation.
1: Yeah. And, you know, going into that area uh, of relationships, when you have that mindset, fake it till you make it, you get in a relationship many times with a healthy person, but you find it boring. That person doesn't turn me on. That there is no chemistry. I don't enjoy with, being with that person. But that person has great values. They're healthy. They are accomplished people. They are incredible people. Somehow you need the drama.
0: Oh wow. Wow. Do you think so you think folks are are kind of out sort of looking for that because it's kind of what they're used to?
1: Yes, because many times the biggest problem with relationships is that they are mirrors of your soul you're mirroring each other that's you attracted each other in the first place and then you chose each other but for one or another reason you're not working out either because you're not a healthy person you're toxic we can all be toxic by the way it's not always one person be toxic you know you as the enabler can be the toxic one you know (laughs) i i'm with a narcissist you know and they're taking advantage of me well you're enabling that behavior right so we need to find. What is it attractive about that person? You know, because if you go on a date with someone and the first thing you want to notice in that person are they kind but what does it mean to be kind you know because my boyfriend is an amazing kind person but he didn't know how to hold space for me so i had to teach him this is what i need as a woman and i need you to hold space for me you know and you know how men can be right uh, i'm sure you know especially from the military you are always solving problems
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly
1: exactly so sometimes feelings to a man We look like crazy, you know, but I'm not ashamed of my feelings or my feminine energy anymore. I don't think it's weak anymore. I did in the past. So now I tell my boyfriend listen, all I want is to be able to express myself. So don't tell me how to feel. I got this. Just listen to me and let me just explode. And he's just there learning how to be a better boyfriend, holding space for me and being amazing. So what I was saying with this is that we are reflecting on each other. So if you're able to see what is the other person, bringing to the table and how they are being how they're showing up for you in the relationship and you can pinpoint i'm attracted to this person for these qualities because maybe we have the same qualities i don't like this about this person and once you're able to come up with you know the qualities that you don't like about that person maybe you want to reflect on yourself and ask yourself how is this a reflection of me Am I denying this part of my on myself? Am I judging and criticizing this about this person because it's something that I'm denying and criticizing within myself? Wow,
0: oh that's man that's great. look that that is just absolutely amazing stuff. I mean it really and truly is and I really really as you alluded to a moment ago, I definitely understand you know the the, the fix it thing, right So we as men, we do not have to always fix stuff. And you certainly aren't going to fix anyone. I mean, you're not going to make anybody change their mind or do anything they don't want to do without uh, deciding that for themselves, no matter what kind of information you give. So I think it's sometimes important to, as you said, to just listen, to just pay attention, to just hold space, be there in support, man, not worried about. Yeah,
1: history. and ask questions. Yeah. Don't tell.
0: Oh, that, now that's good.
1: Don't lecture.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's really good, right? Asking questions. Nothing wrong with that, right?
1: yeah you know instead of you should do x y and z you can say have you tried x y and z you know
0: yeah, you know, what, what? what's interesting to me is when you bring that up, you know, depending on people's backgrounds, if, if you've grown up in this uh, environment whereby uh, you've not had anyone holding space for you, you've not had that type of support, all you've actually had is people telling you stuff all the time. And now you're with this person that you love, that you want to be with, and all of a sudden this person is like, dude, this is how we get stuff done. I'm a man, you know, the man's supposed to, no, dude, that's going to create all kinds of problems and issues and concerns, it would seem to me.
1: Yeah. And that's how you identify if, you know, the person in front of you is of high quality, right? Do they hold space? Do they listen? Either, you know, it can be a man, a woman, whomever, you know. Uh, And are they also appreciative? There are many men out there and many women as well who don't even know how to say thank you. They go on a date, the man is paying, and she doesn't even say thank you. They go on a date, and now the man is expecting, because he paid for the date, he's expecting to sleep with her. You know, it's very transactional, but if you want to have a relationship in which you feel happy and excited to be with that person, you have to show appreciation for each other. But many times, you know what the problem is? That we don't appreciate ourselves either.
0: No, I, I, I totally agree with that. You know, I, am, uh, I joke about this often uh, with, with folks, but uh, when uh, my son Jacob was home and uh, uh, Elizabeth youngest sister who's in the army now when she was also at home Uh, my daughter Sarah is still here with me and and even to this day I mean with her being here this what I'm about to tell you actually happens but when Jacob was home Elizabeth was home and Sarah and myself and we were always go places The girls I mean from a very early age never opened the door for themselves I didn't care what kind of door it was they just they did not open the door the only time that the girls would actually, Jacob or I would go through a door prior to my daughter's is if we were at some strange pace. We didn't know what the place was. We'd go in and ask for safety issues. But my point is simply this, and it may not sound like it's a big idea, but for me, it is, right? Even now, when Sarah and I go places, I mean, she will not open the door because that's what she's been trained to do, right? Or conditioned or, or whatever the case may be because I want for her to understand that she has to have someone that respects her enough to actually go and do that. We had this kid. So when, when Elizabeth was in high school, she had this this guy that wanted uh, to take her to the prom. So he comes over. I meet with her parents. I said, look, here's the way this thing works, and we're going to make that happen. And I'm telling this guy in front of his mom, here's how you're going to treat my daughter. This is the things I expect. And no matter where you go, no matter what you're doing, you will always open the door for her because that's what she's used to. You understand? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. So he comes up to the house. Uh, on that evening, we're, we're talking. We're getting ready. He's all a little bit nervous. We get outside. We go to the car. And I'm just standing there on the porch. He goes, hey, sir, we'll see you later. This guy goes around, gets in on the driver's side with Elizabeth standing there. And I'm standing there in the front door like, what the, boy, you, uh, and he looks up and he gets out of the car. <laughs> I said, come here. What do you think this is? <laughs> he says, oh, I'm so sorry, man. I'm so nervous. This is look, remember, small principles are important. And one of the principles that you have to have tonight is this. No matter where you go, if you change you know, positions where it relates to locations, then you need to let me know other thing is elizabeth didn't have to open any door this evening and you know when she got home that night able to ask her did you open the door he says sir dad no he was um, a gentleman he was you know so it's really important for guys in my view to to get back to those basics of and and, and, and ladies you're not weak just because you don't open your door it's not a show or a sign of weakness man it's a show of respect at least from my perspective anyway
1: Yes. And, you know, I 100% agree with you because I've seen that uh, a lot, especially, you know, a lot of women who are feminists, I am a feminist, but I'm not, I don't really call myself a feminist because I feel that a lot of feminists have a resentment, a lot of resentment towards men. And they, you know, say that they don't need men. And, and, and some of them even see men as cattle to have babies as, you know, one of the comments that I read on social media, unfortunately. And I don't want to think of my man as my cattle to have babies with. I want to think of my man as my king, my warrior, my God, because I'm the goddess. Uh, I want my equal, you know, and so I want to build him up. I want him to build me up. I want to hold space for me. I want him to hold space for me. So that is your equal, right? Not equally the same. We don't have the same strengths, you know. I'm not as strong physically as he is, even though there are women who are stronger than their men, you know? So that's not what equality is. Equality is that we are both treated equally because we both are humans. We have rights. No matter what gender, sex, whatever it is that you identify with, you're human and you are to be treated the same way as everybody else. So for me, this idea that men should not be opening doors or that men should not be doing anything for women is actually a disrespect. To women you know and it's men feeling entitled that now we women have to do more for them but the issue with we women doing a lot of the work that men have been doing for you know many many years or centuries is that that puts us women in a masculine energy that creates testosterone so now we're talking on a biological level we women start creating a lot of testosterone and then you're going to start hearing a lot of women complaining about feeling burnt out but these are the same women who don't allow men to open the doors, who don't allow men to pay for their dates or taking them on, on a romantic dinner, you know, because they are denying that part of them. They repel this type of men and they start attracting passive men, you know. I remember one story of um the woman and her daughter are coming into this cafe and um, this man is with his son and they're about to pay at the, you know, at the coffee shop. And so the, the teenager sees this woman and, and the daughter coming in to the store. So he goes and opens the door for them. Unfortunately, the mother turns back to the child and uh, to the teenager. And she says, we don't need the door to be open for us. We can do it ourselves. You know, being very rude to a teenager. So the father turns back and he says, don't worry about it. You continue to open the door for women. And I feel that a lot of women are complaining. Where is chivalry? What is happening to men? where men have gone, men are not built the same anymore, but then we don't realize that we are the ones who are destroying men too, you know? Just because men put women down in the past, it doesn't mean that we're going to do the same thing now.
0: No, I, I love that, man. That is so, what, what a great illustration. Uh, you know, I, I love the fact that, and I understand Look, women will respond in the way in which she did because of the, the pain and the hurt and how she'd been treated in the past and these kind of things. And, she wants to teach her, her her daughter to be an independent woman and those kinds of things, and and I'm perfectly okay with that. Right? There's nothing wrong with with being you know independent person, but when you're in a relationship, man, I mean you have to balance that. I mean really really well because it gets to a point to where uh, if you you know, condition a guy to treat you a certain way, whether it's respectful or disrespectful, that's kind of how that's gonna work. So I'm glad that the father you know relate to the son that look here, no matter what. Or, or how they respond, then you do what you've been taught. That's why I taught my son. That's why he opens doors for women. And one of the things that um, uh, you said brought about a thought uh, when it comes to relationships, and I've had these discussions with folks, but the two words that often come to mind to me when it comes to these kind of things and, and trying to relate to women specifically is compatibility versus competitiveness, right? So I'm looking for someone that can be compatible with me, someone I can be compatible with, not someone that's in competition with me. You're absolutely right. There are certain things that a woman just isn't going to do better than me, just not going to happen. And it's not because I'm competitive, it's because of the way in which I've been created, right? There are many things that women will do that I'll never be able to do because of how she has been created. We've been given different talents, gifts, skills, and abilities, right? And we're supposed to use those, in, in my view, to, to be compatible with one another and not in competition, not to compete and those kinds of things. So what are your, what are your thoughts about it?
1: Absolutely. You know, I remember before I started doing this work, I was, and I still working through my own conditioning, you know, it takes about seven years to decondition and maybe sometimes more, you know, depending on your level. Of uh, interest and desire, but I was running on this programming that I had to be able to do it all, you know, that I had to prove myself constantly that I was a woman, especially because I come from the IT background, uh, the IT industry is 90% male, you know, so I had to constantly prove myself that, hey, I am not the secretary. I'm actually your tech support engineer, right? So don't ask for a dude because you got this goal, right? So that need to prove myself constantly that I was functioning, and that I was able to be logical and analytical, you know, it's it's a constant battle for a lot of women. And I am happy for all the changes that I see, you know, and and a lot of changes have been brought because of the feminism movement, you know, so I'm grateful for that. However, I also think that we women need to learn that we don't need to do do it all. I don't need to be the one changing the light bulbs in my house. I don't need to do that. I don't need to be the one painting my entire house, which I've done, right? I don't need to be the one changing the outlets or the electrical uh, wiring in my house, which I've done that to prove myself, you know? I don't need to do that. I can hire somebody, right? Or I can call on a man and to do it for me or call in a professional woman who can do it for me. You don't have to be a professional and master all of these skills. There are people you can pay to or there is a man you can ask for help. You know, so one of the first things I had to do was opening myself up to receiving from men because I am a manifestor as well, and I help, you know, people manifest their dreams and desires. I manifested my relationship, and I have it now the way I want it, and I'm feeling all the feelings that I wanted to feel, and it's all natural and organic. But the problem is that I was manifesting before. I've been manifesting since I was 18 years old, but I was in the wrong relationship for nine years, and then in a toxic relationship, you know, I manifested both of those relationships. But I didn't open myself up to receiving. And that is one of the keys in manifestation is that you have to open yourself up to receiving and to surrendering. When we are manifesting and forcing and asking the universe, where is it? I'm ready. Why is it not here yet? I'm doing all the things that I need to do. Exactly. You're doing. You're not being. You are pushing forward. You're not leaning back and waiting for divine timing to catch up to you. So that's what we do. We think that we deserve because maybe, uh, you know, she's a CEO, she has her career or he's a CEO and a business owner and he's a multimillionaire. You know, why doesn't he have the relationship that he wants or why doesn't he have all these other things that he wants to have in his life? Maybe because you're not opening yourself up to receiving that part in life. Maybe you're not open to receiving wealth, abundance, love, health. So many times we are blocking ourselves because we want to control the outcome of everything. We want to be in control of what is happening every second and to dictate when I'm ready to receive something.
0: Wow, that is, wow, that's powerful. Man look, just all kinds of things that I was thinking of when you were saying this, but I just want to point out a couple that, that spoke to me. And, and I consider it now, especially where it relates to failure. It was really difficult to ask for help. You illustrate it very, very well at how, you know, when certain things uh, that need to be done, there are multiple ways of going about it. And none of the things that you actually said, you know, in terms of seeking out help, it doesn't mean you're not capable. It doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're not as good as other people. It's just sometimes you need help. I know, uh, you know, I know now, but there were times in my life that I didn't know that I needed help when it came to failure. But the very reason that I talk about failure in the way in which I do, Gabriel, is because my platoon sergeant in basic training was the guy that actually helped me transform my thinking when it came to failure. I mean, it, he literally said to me, you know, when uh, I was trying to qualify with my weapon systems at the qualification range, I bow-loaded a couple of times and, you know, go back to the barracks and all depressed. And, and he says, look, private, what's, you know, what's your problem here? And I told him about all this failure. And he said, look, son. Failure is not the problem. It's how you respond to that. That's where all of that came about. And from that day forward to this day present, that's how I've conducted myself. And because I've learned how to be open to my failures, because I've learned how to take help from the failure, man, I've gotten to a point to where I'm reasonably successful. But it was because of that mindset. Failure got me from where I was to where I always was supposed to be. And it's continuing to do that for me. I had to figure out how to do some some balancing with all of that. So one of the things that that you keep uh, reminding me of is this, is it's balance to life. So whether it's relationship or failure or anything, so how do you balance the fine line between learning from your failure and not letting it define your identity or confidence?
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, you accepted vulnerability. You were willing to let people in. You stopped putting up walls And that's one of the things in relationships, you know, we put up a wall because we are afraid of maybe abandonment. We are afraid that if this person sees the real me, they're going to run away and they're going to abandon me. Right. So we start putting up walls that actually makes it worse. Vulnerability is the only thing that is going to bring you to the relationship that you want. And maybe vulnerability is the one that is going to end the relationship that you're in because it's the wrong relationship.
0: Yeah, that and that's a that's a, look that that that's a biggie, right? I've known many 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 people who were they believed that they were in the wrong relationships, but because of the uh, the stigma that uh, that was actually associated with actually leaving that relationship. And and guys, don't hear me or Gabriela condoning you know breakups. That's look, that's just a part of reality, you know. But what's even more so uh, is a part of reality is denial. And I can tell you right now, I know a lot of folks that are in situations where they they, for whatever the reasons and they're they're there because you know they need to be and that's fine and that's okay but uh sometimes you know ending something is the beginning of you know starting anew and uh, i'm not going to decide that for anyone i had to decide it for myself i mean none of us here uh, are trying to do so but failure or the end of something that is toxic that is not you know producing productivity for you that's you know it's not necessarily the the best place for any of us to be. And what I learned from that failure, you know, later on in life was that, you know, it was a failure, man, that gave me the freedom that I needed to be able to advance from where I was to to where I am and where I always needed to be.
1: Yeah. You know, I always tell people, uh, especially when I have people who come to me who are in relationships, they don't know what to do. uh, They don't know what direction to go. And they're very, very conflicted. I always tell them, you know what, you're going to start the program with me. Give yourself six months to 12 months to see what happens in the relationship. Shift your mindset and see if he or she is the right person. They may stay with you and they may decide that they want to the change as well because maybe they're the right person or maybe they decide to choose you. And it's a good thing, you know, so never, you never want to end something prematurely. But if you are someone who's struggling between yes and no to stay or to leave, or maybe you're not feeling fulfilled, maybe leaving is not the right thing. Maybe learning relationship skills and communication skills is the right thing for you to do. Maybe learning how to be vulnerable or maybe learning how to, uh, you know, have more boundaries is the right thing for you. So You know, when we are not happy in a relationship, we're usually in one extreme or the other one. Because if you are a secure, healthy person in a relationship, it won't be lasting for a long time. You can't sustain that kind of relationship. It becomes boring very quickly. But if you are somebody who's in one extreme or the other one, there is a lot of competition, power struggles, drama, chaos, you know, and you're feeding on that negativity because it's what is that's what love is to some people.
0: Wow, that is so look, thank you, number one, for cleaning that up for me, right? That's why she's relationship coach here. So, man, I tell you, this this is really great great intel. I got one more question for you, really. I'll just let you so I just kinda of close this out here. But uh, when it comes to the mindset, I know a lot of what we're talking about, specifically whether you know it's the failure piece, whether you are, you know, you know, thinking about, you know, something ending, something beginning, I mean learning, I mean all of these kind of things, whether it's relationships or whatever the case may be. What, you know, in the military, you know, strategy is really, really important to us when we're planning different kinds of things. But when it comes to, uh, you know, what we're talking about, whether it's relationships, or whether it's failure, you know, what type of strategies or mindset shifts do you employ to help you bounce back and stay resilient after encountering a failure? I think that would be helpful, especially from the relationships.
1: Yeah, you know what, this is one of the things that differentiates me from other coaches is because I teach strategy, as well as energy clearance, you know, I teach manifestation, love of attraction, but also love of polarity and the differences between the couple, you know, what are their strengths and how to approach different topics, there is a strategy on how to be in a relationship and then how to keep it because sometimes it's, it's very easy to attract certain people into our lives, you know, but it's not easy to keep them. So there's, gotta be strategy because without it we are just running in circles not knowing what to do you know there is a formula to communicating a formula to helping somebody or to asking for help you know if you go and simply communicate in a way that is demanding diminishing the other person and ordering the person to you know to get your needs met you're turning off that person you know you're you're coming off as standoffish or as, you know, entitled, whether you're a man or a a woman or whatever you you identify yourself as, you know, and that is part of the strategy, learning communication skills, learning relationship differences between men and women or between, you know, whatever couple uh, or relationship you're in, we have to learn the differences you know, and some psychological skills as well, because there gotta be some psychology behind our communication. Because the way I say something will be received in a certain way as well. So if you're going around ordering people, telling them what to do, and telling them you need to meet my needs, you're not meeting my needs, and and you know that is the wrong way. Uh, you can say instead, "Listen, I feel that this week we haven't gone on a date, and I would really appreciate if we can spend some quality time together." What do you think? Instead of demanding, when are we going on a date? You'll never take me on a date. It's been so long since we've been on a date. You know, that's off-putting. So there has to be strategy, energy clearing, and um, holding space for each other.
0: Golly, holding space. There it is again. I'm going to have to use that one. I'm telling you, I, I, I like that. I like that. Look, powerful, powerful, powerful. Guys, trust me on this, man. If you want to change your viewpoint, about relationships between men and women and learn how to empower and be empowered while also, you know, being inspiring to others. Gabriella is absolutely without question, in my view, the person to reach out to. So, Gabriela, I'm going to give you an opportunity here just to talk about your products, talk about, what, you know, specifically what you're doing and how to get a hold of you, if uh, anybody out in the audience you want to work with.
1: Yes, absolutely. So for the ladies, I do have a special meditation and it's an activation to clear your energy and attract your loving relationship. This works for you, whether you are in a relationship or not. And you can go to lovegoddessactivation.com. And for the gentlemen, you can simply reach out to me uh, via Instagram or via email. Hello at gabriellachang.com.
0: Ever really, this has been fun, man i mean look let me let me tell these guys here most folks who follow the podcast know that if they want to get a hold of me, just go to, to to my website www.georgeamilton.com. you can reach me at george at georgeamilton.com. Or my email. And you can also, if you want to learn more about this failure thing, you can pick up my book from Amazon. Failure is not the problem; it's the beginning of your success. First book uh, also has a, a journal and also a workbook to help you understand how to change that mindset from you know negative to positive regarding failure. Second book to that is failure is not the problem; it's your leadership. It's you know these books, in my view, and the folks I've talked to and folks that's read them and given the feedback, has really helped them look at failure in a way in which they never considered it before so i just want to thank you so much for being with us today what an amazing opportunity to hear about how to look at relationships from a different perspective and just the energy that you bring the positivity that you bring i know that this is just going to be one of those podcasts that really really help a lot of folks specifically given this time of season where there's going to be a lot of loneliness out there and people trying to decide on what's going to be taking place in the new year and these kind of things. But I love what you've said this, this evening, and I'm really taking this to heart and uh, I'll be talking to you soon for sure. You know, regarding some of this, cause I can tell you right now, I am open. For help, <laughs> I have no issues for, for that, and and I and I need some. That's what that gives me. Sure. So, guys,
1: love it happen, and for Valentine's, you may be having plans. I'm gonna okay.
0: hold you to that. We're gonna manifest some stuff here, man. But thank you so much for this this very very special time for coming on the podcast, and uh, you know, for those folks that are out there, guys, take care, God bless, and uh, uh, happy holidays to you all. All the best. Hey. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Failure is Not the Problem podcast. If you enjoy what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas, or you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at georgeamilton.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the other side.